you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erina Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are on tap, are on tap to help us navigate the show. Sure. Are. Just a little, um, what is it, enunciation. <laughs> um, so yesterday we were talking about the, the Jerry Eds and, and asking the question. Jeremiah has Jerry Eds. Uh, Jeremiah Eds. Uh, Jerry Rainers. <laughs> Jerry Eds. <laughs> he, he has some of those too. He has, oh some, he has some Jerry Eds. He, he really does. <laughs> I, you know. <clears throat> talking about the Jeremiah, Jeremiah Eds and, uh, and asking if it's time to bring them back. You know, these these laments and these warnings that are um, that are productive, you know what I mean? That remind people that eternity is a very long time. Like, mm. I don't know that we understand um, eternity and, and, and certainly it's, it's difficult for us to process because we're finite. Right. Um, but I was asking this question and as we were wrapping up the show mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, I was talking about the right fear of God. And, and so immediately after the show, um, JD came in and, um, for, for our, for our listeners who, who don't know, um, JD is 12. He's just shy of, of 13. He'll be 13 in March. So we're just a few months away from that. Um, but he came in and, and he said, he said, you know, mom, I I heard most of your show today. And, and I was like, okay, you know, um, kind of waiting for him to, to, you know, fill in what's your commentary. Like what, what do you, what, what are your thoughts? And, and he said, he goes, I'm concerned that people might take some of what you said out of context. And mm. I said, well, I tried to give a lot of context, but what what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and and he said, I just think that when people hear you talking about fear, um, they they might not understand the passage of scripture where uh, Paul says to Timothy, God's not given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not if we're not to have a spirit of fear, but you're telling people to be afraid. He goes, I just think that that requires a little more like unpack it. Like you need to mm-hmm. make that clear. And so I was thinking it and I, and I said, but I feel like I did, you know, I said, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I communicated that the fear is in those who are rebellious toward the Lord. Those who resist the Lord's grace and his mercy and his kindness. And I said, now we have to keep, Uh, all scripture in context. And I said, um, when the apostle Paul is talking to Timothy, he's talking about Timothy as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ being in Christ. So fear is not for us. As an elder, you know, what he's called to do. Exactly. It's a fear of man. Right. Because it talks about, you know, don't, don't be despised because of your youth, you know, but being an example. So he's really encouraging him in in the uh, position that he's in, not to fear, but to, you know, carry out the mission. 
Exactly right. And mm-hmm. and so at the root of it, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, the 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 context here is fear of man. Yeah. Like the fear of man is the thing that we are not to be subjected to. And also, I would say this, that in God or in Christ, we don't have to fear God, this fear of um judgment looming over because that has already been paid like the the yeah. judgment that is ours right the, the wrath of god that we deserve has already been poured out on christ so as a christian my my fear of god is not the fear of the one of, for whom it's true that the wrath of god remains on him mm. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i don't know and i want to make sure though that we understand that because what i don't want is i don't want christians to return to this, um, you know, gray-haired lightning bolt carrier in the sky. Right, but there is a there is a right fear, you know, that's more than a um, a reverence. But mm-hmm. that, there's a yes, you know, because yes. you did cite the scripture, you know, be afraid of the one who's able to, like that. There, there's a right yes, fear, yes, you know, in kill that. the soul and then cast it into hell, right? Or kill the body and then after but, after that, cast the soul into hell. But yes, but we don't. If we're in Christ and we're walking with Him, we don't have to like be afraid of that, you know, like we've yes. been redeemed. So because, because the thing that's important, and this is a, a good conversation. We kind of talked for a little bit after the show JD and I did. Um, what I don't want, I know that there are people who struggle with the finished work of Jesus Christ, that what he did is sufficient, that we are now hidden in him, that we don't have to have this uncertainty of of where we will spend eternity we don't have to live in this um the only way i can think to describe it is this uncertain fear Mm -hmm. of where we will spend eternity Mm -hmm. that's not the kind of fear that i want people to have i Mm -hmm. i want there to be a fear of god the holy and righteous god who judges sin right who has said what will be the outcome of those who reject his grace like i mean these yes there there is no that's not a um that's not a cakewalk you know, but at the same time, I don't want Christians who have received God's grace, who are now hidden in Jesus Christ, those mm-hmm. for whom it is true that the blood of Christ has made atonement for your sin, um, that there's not this kind of walking around like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, right. and I know that sometimes the enemy tries to do that, you know, and, and, and Christians and believers, genuine believers, the enemy tries to do that. But this is what I would liken the fear for us as Christians. This is what I would liken it to. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I think about growing up that there was no conflict for me and understanding that one, I'm, I'm in my family. Mm -hmm. That is something that is actual. It's permanent. It's fixed. I'm, I'm in my family. Um, At the same time, I understand that my mom loves me. Mm -hmm. My mom loves me. I also recognize that my mom is able to discipline me when I get out of line. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not questioning whether or not I'm in my family. I'm not questioning whether or not my mom loves me, but I still also have a fear of her discipline, even while being in the family, because I recognize that she can, she has the authority to, and she will discipline me if I get out of line, even while being in the family. 
Mm. Right. Like, and so th- this would, and my, my, my scripture text for that would be found in uh, Peter's first letter to the church where he says that you've got to conduct yourself in fear, right? He's talking to these, these resident aliens. He's talking about us in the world. We mm-hmm. as Christians, right? That we have come to know God, that we have received the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that we would walk in such a manner to show that fear mm-hmm. before God. Not that we are, um, uh, worried about eternal destruction because that has already been paid for us mm-hmm. but it is a is a fear of like the lord will discipline you if you get out of line yeah like, and- you conduct yourself well during yeah. the time of your exile is what peter was saying yeah. and and conduct yourself with fear well what kind of fear is that yeah it's the fear that i would have as a kid that my <laughs> mom's gonna discipline me if i get out of line it doesn't make me doubt her love this is a man-made construct or a, a man-made forced choice. Either mm. I choose to believe that my mom loves me or I'm afraid of her. No, it can be both. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be both. Yeah, and uh, someone pointed out in the chat, um, Sherry, uh, in the chat, uh, the instance where uh, Ananias and Sapphira were killed, uh, really, it w- <laughs> they disobeyed and they lied yes. to the Holy Spirit. Yes. And a great fear came upon the church. It was a dis- That's right. It, it was a, at the foundation of the church <laughs> You know, things were happening and they came and they lied to the Holy Spirit. And yeah. and, and there was fear there. There yes. was a great uh, soberness and, yes. and sobriety or, mm-hmm. or whatever and fear among the, the church. That is that is a great illustration. And, you know, it's so interesting that particular account from the history of the church. And you think about when that happened and you think about why that was necessary, because here are the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, very specific office, very specific title, apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And they are leading the Lord's church. Well, it is so important for those who are there at the founding of the Lord's church to understand that this is not just some social club. Right. right. That these men have been given authority by the Lord Jesus Christ and that they are to be respected. That the Lord Jesus is leading this church, the Spirit of God is leading this church, yes. and that these men have been put in position to oversee this church. And yeah. so you think about what God was doing, that there might be great fear. Even the Apostle Paul says that, you know, when you think about discipline, church discipline, it's supposed to happen in front of everybody. Like everyone needs mm-hmm. to see this is what happens if you get out of line. Why? So that there is a fear that people are like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want that to happen to me. You remember, and I don't know if it was like this in your house. Maybe it was like this in my house because there were so many of us and there's a big <laughs> age gap between you and your sister. But if one person was getting disciplined in my house, I'm the second of five kids. If one person was getting disciplined and you, you, you heard that that person was in trouble, and they were get a stern talking to, mm-hmm. or in some cases, my brother, um, some <laughs> wax. You, you like checked your breathing. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. didn't want to make it. You were just sort of like, mm-hmm. okay, did I do everything I needed to do today? Um, did I get all of my stuff done? Did, is there something of mine that's on the floor that mm-hmm. I need to pick up? And why did you do that? Because you, you recognize that, man, okay, this is serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. of grace. There's a lot of mercy. But this is it's serious. This, this and, is and, serious. Yes, that's right. And and I don't want to be um, I don't want to be overly dismissive mm-hmm. of people's genuine concerns, but for I, and yeah. it doesn't matter about for me, but I don't think that this is a quantum leap to make. No, I, I think go ahead. It's not if we um, you know have the proper understanding of you know of, of God in this way. You know, like an example, uh, another example that's given in the chat by uh, Jerry Ad. No, uh, Jerry. <laughs> uh, 
he mentioned, you know, that people died because of taking uh, com- communion improperly. That was a uh, that was something that you know that a fear and a soberness came upon the people. Yes, you know, yes. because and uh, there's a respect and a reverence for the Lord's table. Like yes, so those things. I think I don't think it's a quantum leap. I think mm-hmm. it's in my mind is right. It's like yes, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's right. You know. Yeah. Uh, and it is a sobering thing, but when you think about it, it's like, man, but yes, that that's right. And even if I didn't feel like, yes, that that's right, it is right. <laughs> that's you know? right. Even if we don't feel like it, that's a good point. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I just, you know, I think about these things, and this is a conversation that I thought was really good, and we kind of unpacked it a little bit. And then we talked about this a little bit more as a family. We actually read a little bit more of Jonathan Edwards' uh, sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, and just discussed it. <laughs> that was, that Which, was, what, yeah. what did you... <laughs> I was just looking at the expressions. Yeah, you know? what did you think about uh, that? And, and, you know, they were kind of like, man, Very, that's pretty yeah. harsh. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. there's. I, I read to them... Sp- <laughs> I read to them specifically, and I'm not going to read much of it today. I know we kind of, and I didn't go through the whole uh, sermon. There's a lot to it. But I read to them specifically the portion because I was telling them how, you know, uh, 1741, how Jonathan Edwards didn't even spare the children that were present. And and I'll read to you what he said. Now, just imagine he's preaching this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll just start here. He says um, he's going through the different age groups that would be in this particular congregation. Well, I guess in any congregation, wherever this sermon was preached, uh, he says, you cannot bear the fierceness and the wrath of the infinite God. This is sinners in the hands of an angry God. Mm-hmm. He says, and you, young men and young women, will you neglect this precious season which you now enjoy when so many others of your age are renouncing all youthful vanities and flocking to Christ? You especially have now an extraordinary opportunity. But if you neglect it, it will soon be with you as with those persons who spent all the precious days of youth in sin and are now come to such a dreadful pass and blindness and hardness. And then he turns to children. He says, and you children who are unconverted, do you know that you are going down to hell to bear the dreadful wrath of that God who is now angry with you every day and every night? Will you be content to be the children of the devil when so many other children in the land are converted and are become the holy and happy children of the king of kings? Can you imagine today if a preacher would stand up and say, you children who have not accepted Jesus Christ, do you understand that hell awaits you? Mm. <laughs> I, I think that some parents would get up and say, don't talk to my kid like that. Don't talk to my kid like that. As, as, as if... There's there's like a special place for unconverted children. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like as if there's like they don't have to make a decision to follow Christ. And so it was really interesting to see our kids faces as we talked about that last <laughs> night. I think they were grateful that they had accepted Jesus. And if they hadn't really, they did last night. Aaron, the Addisons, we'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. 
And I'm Will, and that's Wait On You by Unspoken. And uh, we've been talking about the importance of the Jeremiah and and the ultimate aim, the goal, is that people would come to Christ, that people Mm -hmm. would understand what has been secured for them in the Lord Jesus Christ and that they would turn from their sin, that they would receive that sacrifice, that yeah. they would now have eternal life as a result of that. And I think it's just a perfect way for us to segue into the incredible work that Samaritan's Purse is doing through Operation Christmas Child and the greatest journey, which is, I guess, I feel like it's almost sort of like the follow-up. It's, it's yeah. like, how do you bring the gift full circle right. um, by ensuring that a child not only receives gifts to meet his or her felt needs, but the eternal need yeah. that we have to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, that ministry mm. takes place through The Greatest Journey. Joining us to talk about The Greatest Journey is James Dodds-White, uh, and he serves as the Senior Regional Director for Africa with Operation Christmas Child International. James, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to be with you. Oh, yeah, it's really good to make sure to, excuse me, inform some of our listeners and remind others of the incredible work that Operation Christmas Child does, not only in getting gifts to children, but ensuring that those children come to know the Lord Jesus Christ Mm. and are able to make other followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, which I think is truly unique about the Greatest Journey program. It doesn't stop at making one convert, but it teaches them how to make other followers, other disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ to Tell our listeners a little bit more about Operation Christmas Child's uh, The Greatest Journey. Sure. Uh, The Greatest Journey is what we call box to Bible. So it's one thing to give someone a gift, but, you know, Jesus said there's a reward if you give a cup of cold water in my name. Mm -hmm. So we're not just handing out gifts to kids. We're doing it in the name of Jesus. And um, many people who receive it, they receive it as an illustration of the free gift of salvation that God has given us. And so the greatest journey is the invitation to kind of take the next step. You know, a lot of folks have had great experiences uh, post uh, receiving Christ into their life with Bible study, Sunday school, um, vacation Bible school. So this is our version of that. It's a 12-lesson discipleship course mm-hmm. um, that we walk kids through all over the world in over 100 countries, and we're seeing incredible fruit from this project. Let's specifically talk about the program and the discipleship aspect of it. That's one of the things that I appreciate so much. I mean, because discipleship, multiplication is God's plan for speeding the gospel to the world, that you would have these people who would come to know Christ, but not only that, they would know how to make other followers. So kind of walk us through um, maybe an overview of what this program entails. Sure. So we we sum it up in three letters, EDM, evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. Mm. So the evangelism is represented by the box. So we uh, export about 11 million boxes around the world. And so 11 million children will hear the gospel in a child-friendly way with great uh, trained volunteers. Then they're invited into the lesson of discipleship. So all 11 million of those kids are going to get invited after this, after receiving a gift, to walk through a discipleship course of 12 lessons with illustrations, world-class discipleship material. And then we realize the M is multiplication. So when we reach mm-hmm. a child, 
we're reaching more than just that one kid. Like mm. their parents often come to Christ. Uh, their friends often come to Christ. And so we see entire communities, villages transformed. We, we plant over a thousand churches every single year mm. just as a byproduct of giving gifts to kids. Like we're wow. not a church planning organization, but just a side benefit of uh, sharing the gospel with kids is churches that are being planted all the world just as a, as a result. Wow. No, no, James, I just want, I, you know, that's, you're not exaggerating when you say you plant over a thousand churches a year. Like, do you really mean that you are leaving the kind of impact and the kind of mark and the kind of capable individuals that there are churches that are arising after the greatest journey? Um, I guess the, the class has, has been conducted there. Is, is that, is that real? Yes. Yeah, so we we work solely through local churches. So um, we will partner with a local church in a given country, for instance, in Benin, right, a little West African country. Mm-hmm. Um, there were 452 churches planted last year alone in the little country of Benin. So <laughs> churches will receive about 150 boxes. They'll do a distribution to a village or street kids or kids who've never heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, 25 to 50 kids receive Christ, give their life to, to Jesus, and their parents come too. And you have a, 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 a real body of Christ, like a brand new baby church. Oh, and that wow. church who plant, who did the distribution will send somebody mm. that's trained and prepared, and wow. they will start a church. And it happens all over the place. Wow. My goodness. Are we doing the are we doing the greatest <laughs> journey in America? I'm sorry, no, that's just I'm just thinking when you when you think about the impact of that and you think about genuinely reaching people with the truth of the gospel and and not just, you know, so many there's so many flowery programs that I think people are enamored by, but then often you don't have genuine converts, but to know that people are coming to genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is incredible. So, so what does it take to do this type of program um, where there these types of programs where they're happening? So definitely prayer. So all of our boxes are prayed for several times throughout the process. Our volunteers overseas are praying. The domestic churches here are praying. Uh, right behind me in our warehouse here in Boone, North Carolina, we have a couple hundred volunteers that are processing boxes, and periodically throughout the day, they all stop, lay hands on the boxes, and pray for them. Wow. So prayer is kind of the secret sauce of how Operation Christmas Child functions. But also, I think another part of the success is that we're bringing unity to the to the body of Christ. So we have Methodist churches and, and Presbyterian churches and Pentecostal churches, all different denominations coming together, working side by side, connected in this project to share the gospel overseas. And then we also have churches overseas that are all different denominations receiving boxes that have been prayed over by the American church and churches in other countries like the UK and Australia and Germany. Wow. And they're distributing boxes in their community, and it's like this secret behind-the-scenes connection where the body of Christ has come together with this project, and the, the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, that we be one, mm. is, is, is kind of being manifested and accomplished through this project. Wow, oh, wow. So I know we have a lot of resources over here in America, but I have a question from our Facebook uh, chat. It says, could you ask if discipleship lessons are available to us to use here. 
Yeah, actually, there is uh, a, a, the Greatest Journey app. I think it's in the App Store on Android and, and iPhone. You just search the Greatest Journey. I think there's an app available, and okay. you can walk through the, great, the, the Greatest Journey and all 12 lessons right there. Okay. Oh, man, that's incredible, nice. the Greatest Journey app. Okay, now I thought, you know, I may be confusing this with something else, and so forgive me for putting you on the spot here, James, but I yeah. thought that the in addition to the programming on the, the app, isn't there also a game that kids can be involved in where they actually are, like, taking the gospel? I felt like there was something. I think our kids had this on a device somewhere. Am I am – I, is that right? That Does that ring a bell familiar. for you? Be, I think it might be part of the app. I think it okay. might be part okay. of the Greatest Journey app. Yeah. 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 Okay, because I just – I wanted so, to – I wanted to talk about how great it was, but I wanted to make sure that it was the greatest journey app that I was talking about. <laughs> and so not something yeah. else. Tell, tell our listeners how, um, how we can partner with um, Operation Christmas Child and send kids on the greatest journey. Sure. For just $6, anyone can provide everything a kid needs to go through the 12-lesson discipleship course. So the greatest journey is subsidized by donors like your listeners. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know a better way to make a disciple, according to the, the Bible, than just a $6 donation can walk a young person through the 12-lesson discipleship course. And we handle all the legwork. We ensure they get the gift box. We ensure that their teachers are trained and prepared but it's a really, really simple. You can just go to the AFR website. You can also go to the, the Samaritan's Purse website and search Operation Christmas Child. There's dozens of YouTube videos online that you can see on how to pack a box, how to support the ministry. James, do you have um, some testimonies or what are some specific accounts that you feel comfortable to share with us the impact of the greatest journey um, that it's having sure. in the world? I was hoping you would ask that question. <laughs> so, there's a story that's on my heart. It's, it's from a little uh, settlement out in the country of Ivory Coast. So that's in mm -hmm. West Africa. And in Ivory Coast, there's a little village, and it's inhabited by fishermen from Benin. So Benin is the birthplace of voodoo. So in this little mm -hmm. fishing village, uh, the, this, this group of settlers, you know, they worship the voodoo gods. And on March 27th, of this year, 2022, um, we did a distribution right there in that little village, and 52 kids came to the event, and many responded and gave their life to Christ, and many responded to the greatest journey. Um, included in that group of young people was a 14-year-old boy named Samuel. And so Samuel, in his family, his responsibility was to take care of the voodoo sanctuary. So yeah. it's like a little hut with a little thatched roof, candles and, and little trinkets on the inside, and that was to appease the voodoo gods. Well, after learning in Lesson 6 that Jesus was his friend, Samuel told his parents that he no longer wanted to serve the Voodoo Sanctuary at all. Mm. So his, his wow. parents were upset. They said, Samuel, you have to. You're going to die if you stop taking care of the, you know, the little shrines. So anyway, he said, no way. My friend Jesus is going to protect me. <laughs> and he prayed that Jesus would protect him. Mm. Well, that night, four of the Voodoo Sanctuaries, the little, uh, little huts, burned down to the ground because of an electrical short circuit. And so his parents woke up, they saw the flames, and they said, oh no, Samuel has died, he's been killed by the voodoo gods. But to their great surprise, Samuel was alive, but all of the, the little tiki hut you know, sanctuaries mm -hmm. were burned to the ground. Wow. Oh, and wow. it was a testimony to his family and to the whole village that the true God of the Bible is real and powerful. And so... In that place, 25 adults and children uh, 
built a church, and so now they've departed from worshiping Jeez. the voodoo gods, <laughs> and now there's a church plant in this little this little man. town of fishermen settlers. Oh man! Wow! Yeah. Praise God! <laughs> yeah, just, I'm so. I just uh, listen. Okay, I, I, man. <laughs> Wow. So you know what I you know what I just don't like and I I want to stay focused here but you know what I just don't like I just don't like that we are so comfortable here that we don't have a whole lot of room for God to answer like that today you know mm. what I mean it's amazing to Amen. me mm. to hear what God is doing around the world Yeah. Because people are desperate like they are you know they're like they really believe that he is who he says he is and it's incredible that you guys have an opportunity to be a part of that. Um, let me let our listeners know. So you can go to AFR.net, AFR.net, $6. We'll send a kid like Samuel on the greatest journey. Um, you just don't know the impact that you will have um, now, but maybe in eternity. If you don't have access to Internet and can't go to AFR.net, you can go to 87 or you can call 877 616 2396. That's 877 616 2396. Or again, give online at AFR.net. Uh, $6 sends one kid, and you can just do the math and see how the Lord would lead you on how many kids to send on the greatest journey. I, you, James, before we let you go here, I'm just wondering if you've thought about, um, and, and this is a little bit off topic here, but I feel that there might be a great encouragement um, from you to the church in America. What is it that you feel like we don't understand about the work that God is doing to advance his kingdom? That is a great question. So uh, as a part of my role, I do get to travel to Africa often, mm-hmm. and I get to see that the God that we worship on Sundays is alive and active mm-hmm. all over the world. And sometimes being in our four walls, we forget that the God of North Carolina is the God of Uganda, mm-hmm. and the God that meets you in Georgia and Missouri, he's working in Djibouti and Asia and South America and he, God is alive and well, and He is not wringing His hands trying to figure out what He's going to do with this earth. He is firmly in control, and the kingdom of God is advancing mightily mm. for the glory of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> James, would you please pray Amen. for us? Pray for our listeners. Pray for the church in America. Yeah. Pray for the work that you guys are doing all around the world. I would love to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible opportunity to share the good news of what you're doing. Lord, we see your hands, we see your fingerprints, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Lord, we repent for thinking that you're small and unable Mm. and frustrated and weak. We realize today that your arm is strong and you are fully capable, and this entire drama is culminating to the return of Jesus. Mm. And so, Lord, we are going to work like it depends on us, and we're going to pray like it depends on you. I pray for every listener right now who might be discouraged, who might be downtrodden and feeling like, where is God? What is he doing? That they would feel the encouragement of the Holy Spirit right now, that you would touch them in their heart, you would encourage them, that the Word of God would be alive to them, that you would answer their prayers just like you did little Samuel in Benin. We thank you that you are powerful and that the cross will never lose its power. Bless these hosts today and bless all the listeners in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh, Thank brother. <laughs> I, I, man, I feel so encouraged. I get, I just got to tell you, like I, you know, I'm pretty transparent and I, I, I truly feel 
encouraged and blessed by having uh, spoken to you today. I yes. just, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the work awesome. that you're doing. And I'm grateful for the genuine sense that the Holy Spirit is a part of this work. Thank you so much for sharing and praying for all of our listeners. I will just remind our listeners if they go to AFR.net, they can send kids on the greatest journey. Six dollars since one kid. Pray and see how the Lord would invite you to send many children on the greatest journey. AFR.net or you'll call 877-616-2396. 877-616-2396. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. been your experience in church Mm -hmm. it just never fails whenever you talk to or you hear from a missionary and in particular missionaries who are serving in countries where it's like not fashionable to be a christian come on yeah it never fails that there is something that is stirred in me that Mm. i i have this kind of almost like an automatic recalibration that i think (laughs) wait a minute what kind of god have I created in my mind? Mm. Do you understand? Even yeah. as I'm yeah. endeavoring to to get as close to Scripture, God has revealed Himself. It's like there's something about um, there's something about comfort that just kind of um, <laughs> and excuse the expression because God is not reduced. People understand what I'm saying, but there's something about comfort that in our minds and in our actions. Mm-hmm reduces God. Well, it has a, a dulling effect on us. Yes, yes, like It causes yes. us to be blunted in our, um, <clears throat> you know, passion and love for God, even our faith towards yes. God, you know, to where, like, just hearing James pray, and uh, it's, it's like, man, do we believe God? Do we even believe that prayer is what we say it is? My you goodness. know? Um, and I, th- I think, you know, and like you say, in other countries, uh, other places, man, there's such uh, an experience of God that we miss over here. And I think a lot of it is because of a lack of faith and believing what, in what God can do. How do we, how do we as Christians in America, when, with everything that's going on around us, how do we live with an accurate view of God? What, what does that look like? How do we preserve an accurate um, knowledge of God, and I don't mean just in our head that we can tell you theologically speaking mm-hmm. what we believe, and we can tell you um, doctrinally what our convictions. Are. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I guess, in practice, how do we live what we have come to know about mm-hmm. God? Because it often seems like there is a disconnect. I, I've got this story in front of me that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But now I just feel like, man, this is ridiculous. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, right. And of course I'm going to have to, you know, come back because otherwise, you know, until the Lord returns, we're done. That's it. <laughs> Lord willing, God bless. Because all the other story, I mean, th- this is what we're dealing with. Yeah. And, and I, I will go to it. But just before we get there, my question is, how do we protect the knowledge of God in our practice? Like mm-hmm. genuinely mm-hmm. who he is 
How do we live that out is what I'm asking. Yeah, because I, I think um, what we have done in some instances is have the knowledge part of God, you know, and just, you know, kind of weighing heavy on that side. Just, yes. man, you know, our ability to understand this and know this, and which that is good. We should know the scriptures. We should know, you know, the, these things. But at the same time, that can kind of like drown out just experiencing God and that a lot of times that feel that that feels like it sounds flaky experiencing people are afraid God, to experience you know? God but that's there's both that there's spirit and truth you yeah. know and they're, they're not like separate things and I, I think a lot of times we kind of rely on what we know and what we can you know regurgitate and, and, and what we memorize and things like that yeah. Yeah. Uh, above just like man oh fill me up Holy Spirit yeah. fill me up so that I'm able to be that witness, you know, yes, that yeah. I am a witness, you know. And so I think when we, when those two are married, then we have mm-hmm. what we're supposed to have. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it's it's sort of like what we've been trying to explain to J.D. Um, J.D. plays the guitar mm-hmm. and um, he spent the last year learning to play the guitar. And he, finally, uh, we've invited him to play. He plays uh, for worship at church. And yeah. Um, and for worship at home, he plays all the time now, right? Because <laughs> right. Um, we love it. But there, I was trying to explain to him that I wanted him to pray so that he would play being led by the Spirit of God That's during right. worship. That's right. And and this was one of those things where he goes, "I'm playing the music, like I'm I'm executing the music. Right. I'm hitting the notes. I'm doing. I'm hitting all of the notes. Yes. I'm I'm playing all of the chords. Right. And this idea of you do, if you're not telling me where where to go next, <laughs> where to go next, I I don't really know because I'm I'm comfortable just doing line mm-hmm, by line mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. line. But this idea of like okay, the spirit is going to lead, and and I mm-hmm. I don't know why for some people that's like a weird conversation when the scriptures are replete with the activity of God's spirit yes. leading the church, yes. like superintending oh, yeah. the church. Yes. Set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas. That's right. That's the right. spirit said no. The spirit right. said go. Like, right. But today we, we associate that with a certain denomination. I'm just right. like, where do you right. see that in scripture? <laughs> like there's, no, there's not one denomination that has like a corner market on being led by the spirit of God. Because right. if that's true, then what of the other denominations, like what are you guys led <laughs> who, by? Yeah. Right. Who are you being do, led You by? know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. who, who's, and, and if, if we are filled with God's spirit, mm-hmm. if the spirit of God takes up residence in those who are God's people, mm-hmm. then, then who are we being led by? Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. who is, who is governing our life? Who is leading us every single day? And it's amazing to me. Like I, I think about this, when we, we talk to our kids about the, the power of the spirit of God and, and our desire for them is that they would know. I mean, we look and we were teaching them a lot daily. Mm-hmm. We're teaching them a lot. Right. But we're very aware of the scripture that that warns us that knowledge puffs up. That's right. Right. And so one of the things that we've tried to be very careful with is that they just don't have a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. want them rattling off facts or like rattling off scriptures that they've memorized, but those scriptures mean nothing to them. Right. You know what I mean? They can right. they can tell us all of the, di- the, the doctrines and, and they can tell us all the foundations of the faith, but they don't have this love for Jesus where they're being mm, led by his captured. spirit. Yeah. They're not captured mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. him. And I, I think that this is something that when you hear a person discussing a 14 year old boy who is like, Jesus is going to take care of me. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, cause here we are like, let's just be honest. Let's be 100%. So if I'm, if I'm being fully transparent, 
there are times where I sit back and I go, I just don't know what our children will do in the future because I'm not sending him or her there. I'm not like, I, mm-hmm. I am not dispatching them to be, you know, tools of the enemy. I'm not sending them to these indoctrination camps. And so mm-hmm. I just go, you know, Lord, I just don't know exactly what you're going to use them to do. And there are times that I'm just like, Lord, help me to trust you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Help me to trust you. I want to, I want to be like that kid. Jesus will take care of them. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus has a plan and a purpose for their life and he's going to take care of them. So often because we are, um, we're very automatic in our culture here. You know what I mean? They're just things that this is how you go through life. This is, <laughs> this is the next step. Right. This is what you do after that. And so if we can't see in our natural mind, like how this is the next step, we almost feel like it's a free fall and we're uncomfortable mm. with that. Like yeah. to be led by the spirit yeah. almost feels like a free fall, but it isn't, is it? I mean, being <laughs> led by the spirit isn't a free fall. No, not at all. It's not a free fall at all. If we understand that. And even even if we, when we look back on our lives as Christians, I know I have these experiences that I didn't know exactly what was coming next, but the Holy Spirit had me the whole way. And you can look back and say, oh, that's what God was doing. That's what yeah. he was doing, you know. And I, I, I feel like we can we, we know in our minds, but, man, we need to live it out, that we can trust him. Yeah. We can trust him, not even having all the information out front, which he gives us certain pieces and, and things. But, man, that we would trust him, even— uh, thinking about Peter coming out on the water. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, oh do we trust yeah. him? You know, yeah. it's only when he begin to look down and look away that he begin to sink. <laughs> yeah. You know, can we trust him? And I think that's a big part of, of all of this, trusting God. I think it's been, let me open the phone line. Some of our listeners may want to chime in on this conversation. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You just want to join in the conversation. We're happy to have you. Um, I think it's it's been wrongly called among Christians for for many, many years. It's been wrongly called this leap of faith. Right. Mm. Where which Mm. seems really careless. Mm -hmm. But I think a better depiction and excuse me for using a Hollywood depiction here, but some of our listeners will be familiar with it. I think a better depiction, at least as I have observed right in walking with the Lord is more like the um, like the Indiana Jones crossing the great chasm, right? Where he, he has to walk across this chasm. Um, but it's every time he takes a step, then like this block comes yeah. under his foot. You know what I mean? It's not like he doesn't <laughs> yeah. just throw himself across this chasm. It's every time he takes a step, then boom comes. And I, what is, it's like a stone or something. Mm-hmm. And then he takes another step. And this is from many, many years ago. Yeah. But I remember when I saw that thinking, Man, that's kind of what it's like to to trust the Lord. It is we start out we kn- knowing the direction that we should go in. We start out, but trusting that the Lord is going to lead us every step of the way. And indeed, I think this is what it is that those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, mm. that we are trusting him. Look, some of us, we don't know what it's going to look like um, in our places of employment as time continues on in right. America. We, right. we don't know what things we may be confronted with. You know, mm-hmm. people trying to indoctrinate us, even as adults, saying that we've got to go through these classes or we've got to use certain preferred pronouns or we've got to put this in our email signatures and all of these things. We don't know that those things are on the horizon or if those things will be on the horizon at all. Yeah. But we know the one who knows the future. Amen. Right. And we are called to walk with him and to keep in step with him. And I just, you know, I, I hear testimonies. 
about what's happening around the world in the Lord's church, the Lord's church around the world. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I just, I find myself going, I want to live like that. (laughs) I want, you know, what, what is it that, what is it that our brothers and sisters know in the world that we possibly because of comfort, we have forgotten here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. All right. Should we go to the phone lines? Yes, we can go. We can go. Let's see here. Let's go to Melissa. Melissa in Texas. Hi, Melissa. Yeah. Hi. Hello. So I just love, yes, I love that you're teaching your son to uh, worship in in church with his instrument. And I also worship in church on the piano. But I have found that if I have not honed my skill first, I'm distracted by Mm. just trying to do the chords and I can't follow the spirit. So I think first God calls us to, and he is, honing his skill, mm-hmm. learning it. And then once you're comfortable with the music, with your instrument, with the song, with the chords, that's when you can fully embrace following the Spirit because you're not distracted by the, the details of what your skill. Oh, you're so right about that, Melissa. That is Thank such you, a Melissa. great point because I, I've even heard J.D. say, when I feel like I'm really comfortable with this song, mm-hmm. I'm, he's a little more at ease. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. I appreciate those comments. Thank you so much. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Joanna in Texas. Hi, Joanna. Hey. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, Hello. Loving your program today. I saw The Chosen in the theaters yesterday, uh-huh. and that season three, episodes one and two. Uh, y'all follow that at home, or y'all showing, watching it with your kids? So we saw seasons one and two, and we actually did go and see, my daughters and I went to see season three, episodes one and two. I've been a little bit quiet about The Chosen publicly, and I'll tell you why. I know. Because I want, I'm I'm trying to watch, I'm, look, I'm trying to figure out Dallas Jenkins, okay? If I could just be 100% honest with people, I am trying to figure out what's going on. I had some questions about him being affiliated with Angel Studios, and I just wanted to know what the influence was of Angel Studios over the programming and over the content. And so I, you know, I, it, I take it very seriously, this platform that we have. And I, I love the body of Christ. I know that there are a lot of people who, who listen to us. And, and so I try not to commend things to people, um, until I feel like, okay, yeah, 100%, mm-hmm. I think this is good. And which, you know, you never know because people can always flip. But anyway, go ahead. What what did you think, Joanna? Well, I enjoyed it immensely, especially the conversation Jesus had with little James and his being crippled and how God uses, he doesn't always heal us, but he uses us more mightily in our weakness. Mm-hmm. And then the second scene where Jesus breaks the disciples up into pairs and they're going, one guy says, well, I've only heard one sermon. You're sending me out. <laughs> and, what, and the other disciples said, well, you heard the best one, the Sermon on the Mount. But mm-hmm. I just thought, what faith that must, I just put myself in their shoes. If Jesus had told me I was going to go out and heal people, well, not, you know, be tools of, of healing, just really personalized um, the experience of the disciples. And I'm going to look into Angel Studio because I don't, is that Mormon? Yeah, it is. It is. It's Mormon. Now, here's here's oh, the great no. news, though. But hold on. But but wait, okay. there's more, Joanna. Let me encourage you with this. So after okay. this after this season, um, Dallas Jenkins is moving the chosen from Angel Studios, and 
if I oh my my daughter's gonna be upset that I don't know this because they love the chosen. Um, they they are partnering with um, the Hobby Lobby son who has some kind of studio that they're doing. I I don't know all of the details, which is why I shouldn't speak on it publicly, right? <laughs> but here's the encouraging thing. Um, the latest announcement is that they are no longer going to have it produced through Angel Studios. I feel a little bit better about that. Um, I think the Green family, the Hobby Lobby founders, I trust them. I think that they're solid. And so if The Chosen is going to be produced through whatever studio that they have, um, I think that's good news for Dallas Jenkins. Dallas Jenkins even said they're going to keep him in line. So I'm looking to see what the outcome will be of that. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.